You're listening to Queer Travel Chat by Too Bad Tourists. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Queer Travel Chat. My name is Austin. I am one of your co-hosts and joined with me every week here next to me is David. Hi, I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy for playing the intro music twice, <laughs> but trust me, for editing purposes, I heard a sound and I'm like, that's going to cause problems later when I edit the episode. Okay. And like... by the way, in the middle of this call, David might receive a phone call and my housekeeper might uh, arrive. So I'm going to have to let her in. So... This afternoon. All right. We're just going to roll with the punches. Well, our plan for today, we're going to talk to Vincent Jones. He's the founding CEO of the Citizen Jones Companies, which is a collection of socially minded businesses created with the spirit of doing good, having fun, and helping others do the same. We'll be particularly interested in his business, Citizen Jones Travel, of course, because that's our jam. He'll also share his story of how he got started, talk to us about his uh, quarantine podcast called Quarantine and Chill, and uh, about his various companies, of course. Yeah, and so I actually met Vincent a few years back. Um, I'm sure we met through IGLTA, the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association, uh, probably at one of the conventions. I don't actually remember which one. Maybe Vincent does. But I know that he and I spent uh, quite a bit of time together in 2019. I believe it was in February. We did a trip to Colombia. Mm-hmm. We were invited on a trip, I and I was hosted by our friend Sam Holdren, who was actually a guest speaker on our Where podcast Where was I on this trip? Earlier. Why wasn't I in Colombia with you guys? I don't. I'm not sure you weren't able to come. So I guess you'll have to do that next time. So that's how um, I got personally introduced to to Vincent. David just met him on a video chat a few minutes ago. So we'll we'll talk with him shortly. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to make an announcement. Uh, We have been talking a lot about our hosted trip to Barcelona, which we just finished uh, a couple weeks ago. And we've been promoting that uh, for for the whole year. Um, And since we launched the podcast, we're excited that it was such a great success. The trip is back in 2023. So save the date. If you want to join us in Barcelona and Sitges, the dates are May 11th through 17th. 2023 so you have a year to plan i think i have plans i'm busy reservations are almost open we will be opening those up in the next week or two but for now the dates are set so um stay tuned for that if you like the show please subscribe to it on colin and give the episode a like with a heart icon once it's published you can follow us on social media we're always at two bad tourists and please feel free to leave us a comment about what you want to hear more of on the show so uh, let's get into it. Let's invite Vincent to join us. Hello, hello, hello. We did it. Hey, we Technology. can hear you. Thanks, Vincent, for joining us. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, so we understand that you are unexpectedly in Athens at the moment. What's going on? <laughs> I, I mean, I w- I'm not, it's not super unexpected. I mean, I was in I mean, most Athens. people aren't unexpectedly in Greece. <laughs> I know. It doesn't just happen. (laughs) Well, so I'll give you the, I'll make a long story short. I was in Athens, supposed to be here for like a short time for a conference, for a travel trade conference. And then I um, scooted over to Malta um, to take Malta out, which is beautiful and amazing. I recommend everybody go. Oh, beautiful. And I scuba dive um, with my alter eagle. You know, like their rappers have their rap alter eagles. I have my, mine is like, um, I am Black Cousteau, like Jack Cousteau, but I'm Black Cousteau. <laughs> okay. And so, um, so I love I love scuba diving. So I went scuba diving in Malta, which has great scuba diving. And on my last dive, I literally almost died. Um, <gasps> I, I, had a, I had a situation and I had to be evacuated from the dive site. And, oh, my God. And, 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 and you're not supposed to go. If you know anything about diving, 
you know that you're not supposed to surface too fast because if you do, then there are issues with like the way the air and density in your lungs at all work. But if I wasn't evacuated sooner, it would have been more serious. And so um, when it got to the surface, um, it was like it was they had to um, administer oxygen, the ambulance call. I went to the emergency room. Um, they did you know, every test under the sun. And it turns out that basically the... Um, I can't pronounce the medical words, but in, in, in real people speak, there was too many, there were large air bubbles in the tissues between mm-hmm. my, um, my lungs. And if I would have got on the plane um, too soon, then basically the bubbles would have enlarged and would have forced um, my, my lungs to kind of like collapse, basically. Oh my but, God, uh, that is terrifying. Uh, okay. And, when, and, and, and th- that was what I thought too. Um, and so I was, I was sitting behind here in Malta. So I had to stay in Malta for two weeks. Um, and it, that was truly unexpected. I was supposed okay. to leave the next wow. day. Um, so I had to like, while I'm in the hospital, um, and after when the doctor was talking to me, I was changing my flights um, back to Greece and then to U.S. trying to find a hotel room or a place to stay for the next two weeks. Like all these things I was doing, because I was going to come back to Athens, like just for three or four days, do some things, um, and then go back home. Um, but when I was I was clear to fly, um, then I I said, well, I'm still going to take three days or four days in Athens to to do what I was going to do before. Um, because if I'm here, I might as well go ahead and enjoy it all. And that's why I say it's unexpectedly in Athens right now. Wow. Yeah, and that's a scary, yeah. scary experience. I'm sorry for We're for glad that you're but alive. Yeah, glad you okay, hallelujah. No, I'll be canceling my scuba diving lessons right now. <laughs> just get online and cancel those classes. Yeah. No, don't do that. Wow. You should still well, go scuba diving. That's a crazy story. That's going to be the highlight of this episode. <laughs> okay. Man almost dies scuba diving in Malta. Yeah, let's, re- <laughs> let's rename the, yes. the <laughs> and live to tell about it. Yeah, exactly. there were two cute nurses in the in the Malta hospital, Peter and Paul. I was like, "Oh, hi, nurse Peter. Hi, nurse Paul." All right, good, good. So it has a happy ending. All right. Oh, but not that kind. <laughs> okay. It has a medium happy ending. Exactly. There you a go. content exactly. uh, yeah. ending. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's back it up before your flight, before scuba diving. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What you do? Tell us about your companies that you run. Definitely. So I'm a, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm a citizen of the world, like if like a curious explorer about all kinds of things. And, you know, I started out um, in life working um, in politics. Oh, actually, I started working in journalism, um, like Latin American financial markets and technologies and that kind of stuff. And then, um, um, you know, ended up in mostly in politics um, for my most of my career. Like I, I um, work for senators, I work for mayors, I work for a little bit for uh, Barack Obama. I've worked on, um, and then I, I, I run campaigns. I all kind of political work, and then I, and I, I ran a nonprofit organization. I worked at a foundation, giving away money, and um, in the last. Ten years, I've had a consulting practice. It's mostly about like um, politics and nonprofit type stuff. But then five years ago, or now six years ago, I had a pretty traumatic car accident. Um, seems to be a theme. I must have yeah, the world just wants you dead. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, no, bitch. I'm gonna say, oh, excuse me. I'm like, no, I'm gonna be here. You ain't getting rid of me. I <laughs> can't get rid of me. <laughs> And so I had this bad car accident. I couldn't walk for several months, and I wow. had several several surgeries, and um, had a bunch of other complications. And so it really got me to kind of reevaluate how I spent my time. 
And I always had traveled um, since I started my my company. And I would, and people would ask me for advice. And I was always the social coordinator in my friend group. I mean, even in college and in high school, like I was senior class president, president, vice president. I was always planning everything. I planned almost all my high school reunions, all my college reunions. And so um, I, I went to Cuba and then some friends were like, well, I want to go too. So then I planned a trip when I got back for my friends. Um, and then some more friends said, well, I want to go too. So I planned another one. And that's like, oh, this is a, this is a business here. <laughs> and so then... <laughs> And so then, I, then I, and that's how Citizen Junk Travel was born. Really, I just would decide where I want to go, plan some amazing trips, and invite friends to come along. And then it's kind of grown to where people would ask me to plan their trips, either for groups or for just like them and their partners or whatever. Um, and I've just I've been like growing it ever since. So it was just kind of like this near death experience that just kind of made you decide, you know, you can't put off travel, you can't put off living. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, it's just like I, I wanted to not spend all of my time in a conference call, in a yeah. meeting, mm-hmm. and, and traffic going from place to place. It was like it was, t- you know, I was, you know, I wanted to explore the world, have more quality of life while still being able to do that stuff somewhat. Um, but, you know, it's in travel call, call to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can relate to that a lot because I think that, I, I mean, I didn't ever want to, a lot of people put it off, right? You, you're going to do it later, totally. later do it later in life, do it when you retire. But um, I never wanted to do that. I don't think no. you did either. It's just, it's even more exciting now. Yeah, we had like this dream to escape from like real life and we did it. I mean, I was 30, <laughs> you were like 20 something. 26. And we went, yeah, traveled the world for like a year. And then after that, we're like, okay, now what? <laughs> but it totally <laughs> changes your, but it totally changes, I think, for us personally, it, it changed how we live our life every day, having had that incredible experience and it just set your priorities differently. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And even, and even now when I travel, people always say, Oh, we're here for vacation or for work or for like holiday or for work. I'm like, well, um, why does it have to be this binary? Yeah. They're why, kind of the same thing. <laughs> you know, like, like, like why can't we just like, like the things we love about travel, why can't we do that in our everyday lives? And mm-hmm. like, why do we have to kind of say, I say, if you're in the U S you, you, you tend to have two weeks for vacation. Um, but so, so there, those other 50 weeks are like, are, are hell, but those two weeks are amazing. Why can't you put parts of that travel, which you like about travel into your everyday life? And that's what I usually believe. And then, and also like for me, I, I put my politics into it. I try to, for my clients, I try to book them at hotels that are locally owned. I try to get them to really um, interact with the real people in that place. I try to, um, find ways for them to really understand um, um, a, a place. So, for example, like in, in Mexico, with most Americans, they mostly go to a coast and on a beach and are served by Mexicans. Few American travelers who go to Mexico meet people who they will perceive as their equals so their or their equivalents. So their perspective of Mexico is very distorted. And mm-hmm. so what I try to do in those places is try to try to um, um, put activities into their itineraries that kind of flips that mode where they where it really challenges what they um, expect about a place, but also have fun and, and fabulous moments too. I love that. Yeah. So talk to us more about Citizen Jones travel. So um, are you, you know, um, hosting trips with these, uh, with your clients? Are you just planning the trips and, you know, uh, from the outside, you know, or how, how does it work and, and what do you have going on with Citizen Jones travel? 
Gotcha. So, um, so there, so part of it, of course, is like, you know, typical people can contact and, um, will book their trips and plan their itineraries, primarily curated, um, experiences. So not just, I want to you know a flight and a hotel at this place, but it's really, I want to have an experience, um, in a different location. So like from beginning from soup to nuts, as they would say. Um, and then there are like a lot of my clients are, or LGBT or gay guys, um, and their friends are their family. So they travel with groups of friends, like to Mykonos or to Tel Aviv Pride or to wherever it might be. And so then, and then that's um, a, a big part of these group trips. Um, but then, and then I have some trips where again I decide where I want to go, make it fabulous, and I kind of invite people to join, but in a very curated way. So that way. It's like a ten day, um, a ten day um, cocktail party where you're learning <laughs> about a place while learning about um, a destination, learning about each other. And over the years, I've started to get people who get who are getting married. So I did my first destination wedding um, last November, and I have a few, a few more in the pipeline. And then honeymoons, um, and those honeymoons will go along with it. And then I'm starting this new thing with like law students who are. Um, to take the bar in July and go on a bar trip in August before they start working at a law firm in September. Um, so really kind of helping um, um, law students to, to live their best life after taking the bar exam and before starting the firm. So those, those are like my niches. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, but I'm, you know, looking to grow and trying to really, after COVID, trying to figure out how do I build a, a foundation for a company that can live beyond me and not require me to do everything. Love that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of, I mean, everyone in the tourism industry is figuring out like, what do we do post COVID? And one of the things that David and I leaned into a lot this year was um, hosting trips. And it sounds like we have some overlap in, in kind of the way that we, we do trips where we, we first started hosting trips in 2018, um, doing gay sailing trips, but they probably weren't curated by us you know they were curated by someone else and we just kind of promoted it and joined the trip but this year was the first year when we talked about it earlier on the show that we hosted a a trip to barcelona and literally i mean we created it from start along with the crew travel, yeah along with the crew travel who's a local operator but from start to finish and i mean we curated all the restaurants like you said Mm -hmm. the experiences the tour Mm -hmm. guides and i mean it's really incredible to see when the trip goes well to see the experience that those guests have, because I mean, and you would know this, Vincent, I mean, it's so highly curated that like literally every moment they're just like amazed by everything. And meanwhile, in the background, it looks like we're like a tourist on this trip as well, but it's like so much fucking work to like the reservations. And if this gets canceled and moved, like people don't see that. Um, But I guess that's good that they don't see it because it looks like we're just having fun with them. Exactly. Like I had, I had a trip at a group in South Africa a few years ago, and there was one part where we were, you know, we woke up in one um, hotel, both supposed to end the night in a different hotel, and um, and but our luggage was supposed to go with us in our vehicle, but the driver that showed up, it was for us with a smaller vehicle, and it's like, oh, okay, it's all good, it'll be handled. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like. Oh damn! What do I do now? But I, but I, <laughs> but I have right. like, but I have a, a local operators on the ground who I work with, and I help. I'm, not, I'm just like WhatsApping them. And I'm like, 
everybody just come on. We'll just just leave your bags here at the front desk. It'll all be handled. And then I'm just like frantically hoping that my my plan works out and it works out <laughs> fine. And they know nothing. They're yeah. like, oh, my bags are already in my room. Like, exactly. That's yeah, perfect. Don't worry about it. I got you. And <laughs> hiccups like that will always yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Always. Just, always. It's just a matter of how pieces. you manage yeah. yeah, it. You have to be good at managing it, yeah. managing it. But it's part of the fun of it, I think. What would you and say? And then, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. And then at the same time, what I what I try to do too, like uh, in that same trip, I have these two college fr- a college friend who was from South Africa, and she's very fancy, big personality. Her family is well connected with like everybody, and she had this summer house in um, Cape Town, like this beautiful view, like this amazing pool. She's like, "Oh, I'll do a bar- a bribe or a barbecue for for your guests." And so she invited some of her friends over. Um, for this bride. And so, like, my guests got to basically hang out at the house, at this barbecue, meet other local people from some yeah, South so Africans and live their best life. Yeah, you, I mean, you just, you can't get that on a package tour or, you know, just no. go in there yourself. That's impossible. Exactly. That adds mm-hmm. to the experience. That's those details mm-hmm. matter. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what do you feel, Vincent, are some of the best parts and then worst parts of hosting a trip like that? Oh my goodness! I mean, I think the best part you kind of alluded to it was seeing seeing people's um, like how they react to it. Um, if you put all this work into it, and you want to, and you and you hope that they have a good experience, but when you see how they're like wowed by things that you want them to be wowed by, or how they're mm-hmm. inspired or whatever else, I love that part. Um, the part to me that I don't like is when, or is the hardest part, is when there are personal conflicts. And I've had a, I've had a few like um, um, tough situations. Like once in Cuba, this person um, like didn't want to leave the hotel. Oh wow! For a few days, and I was like, okay, well, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay, you do you, um, or 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 I've had, you know, so I've had some like, or I had another trip where um, actually it was for that same trip to South Africa where there's a group of folks who wanted to only do the first four days of a 10-day experience. Oh, and wow. I was like, well, that's kind of the vibe of the group. Um, or or even I had like for this um, this other um, big group in, um, in Thailand, um, it was like, it was a multi-generation fa- um, family and like the grandparents wanted to run the show, but it was like the son who was the main client um, and he was like trying to placate everybody and it became a little bit of a fight. And I was like, Oh Lord Jesus. Mm, yeah. Between the family too, it can mm-hmm. get complicated. Mm-hmm. That can get messy. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me a little bit. In our Barcelona trip, we, we had a few guests that were divas. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the word. And, and, and one of them, one of them didn't even show up the first day we had like our first oh my welcome drinks and we're like, where is this guy? We didn't oh, even yeah, see him to the I next day. No, no, he was great. He was amazing. He was hilarious. But we came to realize that he just kind of went at his own pace and sometimes would show up to things and we just kind of got used to it. But, and I, we tried to make it, it, it clear that everything is obvious. They're not yeah, obligated sure, to do it. They sure. pay, they're paying guests. They can do, they can sit in the hotel room if they want all day. And yeah. Right. But I do remember miss out on the, things the they first for. night I was like, I just want to make sure he's not like dead That's in true. his hotel room. Cause like you bought this group trip to come with this group and you're not here. And we know you landed cause the taxi picked you up. So, but yeah, I, I can totally, totally understand that. Yeah. 
my ethos for many things are, especially with travel, is you're responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yep, okay. Sorry, that's so, my housekeeper. Who's there? <laughs> we'll just edit this part out. <laughs> we'll do a quick little sidebar. <laughs> just wait. Well, okay, no problem. Of recording a, a yeah. live podcast. So, okay, she's gonna go. So we see Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Thanks yeah. for joining. Sorry, <laughs> hi, Brendan. Hey. Sorry for you know just having life interrupt us again. No worries. No worries. And, and David's <laughs> gonna. David's about to have. Are you gonna be okay, Vincent, for your dinner soon? No, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Okay, I'll be fine. I know that you've got. I let him know. I, I told him I was running late, so so he said it was okay. Okay, perfect. All right, so let's get back into this. Okay, so I'm going to pick up here. So, Vincent, we read um, your quote in the National Geographic article about your experience not getting mm. seated at a Las Vegas restaurant. So I kind of want to gears and ask you about that experience and tell us what it's like traveling the world as a black gay man. Um, and have you had similar experiences in other places, maybe like Mykonos, Ibiza, Puerto Vallarta, Thailand, all the places you've gone? We'd love to get your take on that. Just a light question. <laughs> a little light question. <laughs> light I mean, one. so that situation was so crazy because I was at the Wynn Encore Complex, um, which I actually loved the Encore. I go there often. Um, and I was there with my boyfriend at the time. And we were going, to, I planned this like nice night, but of course we started out dinner at the buffet and the buffet at the win is a very lovely buffet. It's not, so it's not a cheap dinner date, but, um, afterward I planned this like helicopter ride, um, around the strip and some, and some stuff after that. But for dinner, I had on like these long jeans and this, um, like a, 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 a sleeveless shirt. It wasn't a tank top. But it was it didn't have any sleeves, and so they so then we get to the the head of the line, and we're in like the VIP line because we had status and everything, and they said, "I'm sorry, we can't seat you." I'm like, "Why not?" They said, "Because your shirt doesn't have any sleeves." And I look over to this woman, I say, "Well, her her she can see wearing a tank top," and then they said, "Well, she's a woman," and so I said, "Well, how you know I'm not a woman?" Um, and then then she laughed, and I said, "Oh, I'm serious," and she said, and I said, "Well, where's your manager?" And so the manager, I got very caramel. So the manager came over. The same thing happened. I said, well, who's your manager? Who's the head of food and beverage? I talked to that person. And I was like, well, who's over you? Um, and I talked to several managers. I talked to the general manager of the hotel. And at the time, I was on the board of Lambda Legal, which is like the gay ACLU. Mm-hmm. And I, I had texted and emailed the legal director of the organization who let me know that Several years before, Land Illegal had actually lost the case uh, for an, uh, against a casino in, in um, Reno that had um, tried to enforce a gender restrictive um, dress code um, where like women had one dress code and men had a different dress code. And mm-hmm. so, but they said, but the laws in Nevada are like California, some of the best laws for gender identity expression, LGBT, so on and so forth. And so, and so while he believed that the law was actually on my side, that the, according to the law, they had to treat me, they, they, they could not have a gender, sec, uh, uh, um, different rules for men and women based upon gender for their customers. Um, but they were, but they, but because of Nevada and their, how friendly the courts are to the um, casinos, they were afraid to try that case. And so ultimately, I was not able to get to, to have dinner um, in that shirt. And ironically, to this day, that policy still exists. 
Um, I also at the time knew the head of HRC and I talked to um, him, Chad Griffin, and I talked to he and I talked to a person who runs their corporate equality index because they give them still a hundred percent rating on their corporate equality index, despite the fact that they have um, a discriminatory policy about dressing. Now, for me, it was not a big issue, but my issue was: what if I was a um, a somewhat shy person who was starting to transition, or what right. if I was a butch lesbian, or what if I was a femme? gay boy or whatever it might be. And I didn't, and I, and I didn't want to be outed in that way. Um, I should have the right, they should have the right, she should have the right to be able to wear what they want to wear, to have dinner when they're paying for it. Um, luckily I have not had an experience like that <clears throat> for being gay anywhere else in the world. Cause I think, um, in, in, in some ways being black, um, it helps me in a weird way where many people are afraid of me or they think I'm a celebrity. Um, so they, so they'll think I'm a, they think I'm a rapper. They think I'm a basketball player. They think I'm somebody famous. Um, and they want to get, they want to get a picture with me. Um, they're like, they, they, they just wave random, randomly. Um, and, 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 or they're afraid of me. I'm just like, you're afraid of me. I have nobody to be afraid of. So, so that's what I experienced more than anything. How, how does that, like, how do you handle those situations? Do you just go with that or do you, you know, try to, you know, not take photos with people or you just, you smile and wave back? Let me tell you something. If, if, if the, if the person at the grocery store wants a photo with me, I'm going to pose and give you many options. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like, as long as, I, as long as I'm having a good, a good day, if, I'm, if, I'm, yeah. if I look good, then sure. Just no, lean into like, it. I just lean into it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It bothers some black people. Um, cause some black people we yeah, talk about. Understandably. Yeah. Cause if like, I'm just a person like you are, um, you know, what is, but what's interesting in the black gay, I mean, in the gay community, um, is that, I'll get this a lot. They'll say, "Oh wow, I've never been with a black guy before," or "I want, I really want to be with a black guy." Was it true what they say about black guys? Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of um, it's not really racism. It's more that it, it's like a um, lack of um, understanding, lack of familiarity, um, yeah, a little bit of ignorance, a little bit of ignorance, exactly, yeah. and a lot and a lot of fetishizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As if, as if it's not a normal thing to be, you know, non-white. Correct. And I'm just like, and, that, and, and, and so, and I lean into that too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You should, as you should. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to, um, to your company, Citizen Jones Travel. So okay, let's go back to your, your company, Citizen Jones Travel. So um, sure. if I'm correct, you, you launched it in 2017. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So what was it like having launched that? And then just two to three years later, we've got the, the pandemic. Hunty, let me tell you something. That was hard because yeah. actually in 2020, um, like I said, I kind of started the company, not really planning for it to be a full on company, more mm-hmm. something to do alongside my main company. Mm-hmm. But in 2020, I was getting to a point where I could start to reduce my cons- my political consulting and make this a full-time thing. And so I was starting to do that. And I had a bunch of bookings um, all like lined up and like um, um, and, and um, the pipeline for more in the works. And so I had just renegotiated down my main um, contract. Oh, no. 
and then in March at the, at the at the end at the in February of 2020, it was started in March of 2020, and we know what happened in March. And it's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, oh crap, this is bad timing on my half. And then I dealt with all these cancellations, and I wasn't um, set up properly for cancellations. Um, and uh, you know, I was set up to help people to travel, and so it was very demoralizing. And that's actually part of why I started the Quarantine and Chill podcast. Because I was very depressed at the beginning, and I felt, you know, I live alone. I was by myself. Um, I couldn't do what I loved, and I and I felt that what I had planned, business wise, I had no idea of what would happen with that now. Yeah. And I listened to um, DJ D Nice, who was um, he, he, you know, he started doing his like DJ sets on Instagram at the beginning of the pandemic, and I watched one of the first ones, and I was like, wow, this is actually. I feel very connected. A number of my friends are watching it, a bunch of celebrities, Obama, Michelle Obama watching it. And so I was like, well, I know DJs around the world. I know people who know, know DJs too. Mm-hmm. And so I started with first this like 24-hour tea dance. And I had DJs like in South Africa and in New Zealand and, um, and um, Colombia and New York, like all over the world for 22 hours. And I was like just digital on Instagram live. And would like just kind of have a little party. And then, but, and from that, I found that I was talking to the DJs and my friends about what was happening for them with COVID. And it was a fascinating, there were fascinating stories. It was so different. And so I decided, let me make a podcast about how the um, global gay community is experiencing the pandemic and also learn about um, what life was like for them before and during, because it's almost like, like like a time capsule in sorts, and I was able to like find like a um, a, um, a a Palestinian student from the who, who was in the West Bank, or a um, a trans um, um, a, a, a trans DJ in New York, or a, um, a, um, a Ugandan refugee now in Canada, like all the different people, and I tell their stories, not just about their who they are what the life was like in the place they were before, but also how they were experiencing the pandemic and kind of, and also kind of make some like fun and lighthearted stuff too. Yeah. I love that concept. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic concept. And just like you said, a great time capsule of that moment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. focusing on LGBT stories is, is fantastic. Were there um, specific stories that really stood out to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, um, Let's see. One one of my favorites, there was this um, guy in India who he's um, gay, Muslim in India. And he was, he had a, he's like a massage therapist. And he, he is also like a kind of a, a science person. He did a very interesting, like professional jobs. But in India, you know, they're, they're, they're mostly, Muslims are not very popular. And then there are some, among some sects of Indians, they believe that Muslims brought COVID to them. Um, and so there, and there was also, he was dealing with some issues of that. And it's like, there's like the way that his vulnerability, um, the story that he was telling that really captured my attention. Another one was a friend of mine who was a, an escort, um, talked about what it was like for him. Um, yeah. And it was fascinating because, he actually got a lot of new business. People wanted, needed comfort and they needed, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, they needed connection and they needed to get off and they were coming to him and talked about the drug community and how like, a lot of people who were 
like on who were on in rehab or in, or, or trying to get off drugs, they they lost the the support systems to help them with that, and a lot of folks were kind of falling falling back into those bad patterns. Ultimately, he did as well. He ended up. Um, I don't know if he killed himself or if he had an overdose or what happened, oh, but I did learn that he passed right. away. He died last year, mm-hmm. so that was. So that's one. That's one I said that that that's that that I remember the most because of like who I knew of him before, mm-hmm. how he started to become into this business, what he shared on the podcast, and then what happened to him two years later. That's yeah. That's oh a God. sad a sad story, but really um, sad. It, yeah, great. Uh, I, I want to definitely go back to your podcast and, and listen to them and check them out because I think those are powerful stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I listened to one of your episodes on, it was with uh, Elon from Peru, who we oh, yeah. mm-hmm. know, and I think that must have been farther into your podcasting, because you seemed a lot more upbeat and didn't sound too depressed. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I think with doing the podcast, it, it, it helped me to be, I mean, I was never depressed on on on, on air, I guess you would say, on a lot of recording, because I'm, I'm talking to people, I'm connected, yeah. I'm not just like sitting at home watching netflix trying to figure out what to do with myself um but i'm i'm like i'm researching stuff as, as you know like the work goes into putting on a podcast um and it was you know it, it was just good talking to good people that's why i'm not thinking i was going to do a second season or actually before that i was going to continue doing it longer but then when the george floyd murder happened and the protest after that I couldn't think about anything else. And it was hard for me to focus. Mm-hmm. I was so focused on what was happening and like that anger. And so I stopped it when I did, and I was going to do a second season. Um, but then I was like, I'm tired of talking about COVID. I want this to be over I want yeah. to find a different way, but I do have a new podcast that's coming out um, soon. Um, it will be, um, it's called travel drama. Um, <laughs> because we all have a little drama while traveling, and so mm-hmm. this will revel in that and find the humor. Or we're glad you're going to get back into it. Definitely, of course, of course. Yes. Yeah, Good. I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about to ask. It seems like you're always constantly working on something. So, besides the podcast, do you have any um, other kind of business or travel plans coming up? Yeah, no. So, I mean, a big focus is really, as I, as I alluded to before, is really trying to. Um, shore up the business um, of Citizen Jones Travel. So I've did you know, like the boring legal stuff, like terms and conditions, and like yeah. the processes to make sure people sign them properly. Like all these things to kind of like um, fee structures, like, yeah. all these things like that to make sure that I am preparing myself for any cancellations, so that mm-hmm. my time is is getting. Um, my and my growing team's time will be compensated, so I can build a company that, that that's sustainable. Um, and then and then building lots of relationships um, with travel partners around the world to kind of be able, to be able to still be able to stay on the cutting edge of things. That's at the um, at the at the top. But then beyond that, like I really see the company not as a travel agency or not as like a tour operator, but really as a lifestyle brand that's centered centered around travel. And so I'm thinking about like what what is it about travel that that we really like that the lifestyle of travel that you can bring into your everyday life as well as when you are are away somewhere, and I want to bring more products to the market that speak to that. So the way that Martha Stewart made being a domestic goddess 
like something mm-hmm. everybody kind of aspires to yeah. or like Julia Child to be everybody being a chef or something like that. I want to do that for travel. Love that. Great That's inspiration. Awesome. Yeah, it's Fantastic. an awesome idea. And I mean, if there's anything you've proven yourself to be good at, it's curating amazing experiences. So, so being able to expand that to a wider audience, I think is a great idea. Well, yeah, Vincent, is there any question you wish we'd had, we had asked you or uh, anything else you wish to share? Um, let me see. Well, I'm single. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I have jokingly say that. Um, um, no. <laughs> No, no, no. This is this is great, and I love what you guys what you guys have been doing. I think that um, you know part of the thing I really enjoyed about my adventures and travel over the last um, five or six years is just meeting the, the folks in the field and the industry, and especially um, in social media space. You know, there's like a you know a small group of folks who are making it like a um, a big part of of who they are and what they do, and so it's great mm-hmm. to kind of. To connect with y'all and like other folks who are who who are making people smile and giving people um, um, queer friendly travel advice on on the socials. Yeah, it's all about that networking and collaboration, and it's yes, great. It it's, is. it's part of the fun mm-hmm. of the job too. Well, Vincent, mm-hmm. if people want to learn more about you, uh, what where can they find you on the web and on social media? So on um, Citizen Jones Travel, Citizen Jones Travel on most things. So like a Instagram and YouTube. I'm on TikTok too, but I've never made a TikTok. I haven't figured that out yet. And I'm trying Dang. to, and I, and I go through these phases on Instagram where I, I just feel inspired, not inspired, even though I have lots of content that I could put out there. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go into a more inspired phase with more stuff there. And I have a YouTube page, which I'm still, I haven't really figured out how to work as well. Um, but, but, and that's Citizen Jones Travel. And I'm an author ego, Black Cousteau. That's Black, B-L-A-C-Q-U-E. <laughs> like the French Black Cousteau. Um, where you can follow my scuba diving exploits. Even though my doctor said I should not, um, I'm banned from scuba diving for life after my accident. My, oh, my is that doctor, true? Yeah, he said that he said that he normally recommends people who have who who experience what I experienced never awesome. dive again. But my doctor in LA said um, he thinks that from what he's seen of the test results and everything, he thinks that that might just be temporary and not permanent. So we're looking at that. But well, Vincent, right. the universe is out to get you, so be careful. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, but, but here's my thing: I'm a black man in America. I mean, yeah, I by waving to a cop, you know, so I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, live my don't life. add to yeah, it. Be careful out there. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. So, uh, so where are you traveling to next? Our last question. Um, my next trips, um, I'm going on a virgin voyage, um, in June for my birthday Ooh, wow. to that in the Caribbean with a few friends. But my next big trip will be in back to Africa, Southern Africa, so South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana, and Mozambique. Because um, a big priority of mine to sell more Africa, but yes. do it in a way where it's not just to see the animals, but to actually engage with the modern culture as well. So I've been making a big effort to um, deepen my understanding and relationships there so I can expand Africa to the, to, to the people. Great. We look forward to seeing you on those trips and to your podcast, uh, Travel Drama. We'll stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. Thanks, Vincent, so much for joining us. And thanks for all the hard and awesome work you're doing in the, the industry and for the LGBT community. 
Thank you. Thank you. And my last thing I will say, if you're in the U.S., please make sure you register to vote. And I won't tell you how to vote, but you can imagine what I will say. Most people <laughs> pro LGBT candidates and, and who tend to be with a certain party. Thank you. <laughs> we agree. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vincent. Thanks. Thank you as well. Have a good evening, y'all. Thank you, too. Enjoy your dinner. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. So we just want to thank uh, everyone else for listening to the show today. If you did like the show, please subscribe to it on Colin and give the episode a like with the heart icon. Remember, you can always follow us on social media. We're always at Too Bad Tourists. And in fact, you can also listen to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you'd like as well. we'll sh- we always share those uh, links in our uh, newsletter. And it's at the bottom of our website as well. So lastly, uh, feel free to always leave a comment about what you liked about the episode and what you might want to hear more of. And we will be back next week, but not on Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday because uh, we're going to be going to Florida on... Oh, wait, am I allowed to say that on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just did. (laughs) Because we're going to Florida on on Thursday because uh, we're going to one magical weekend. We're going to get hate for that. <laughs> but anyway, so um, we'll be back with the podcast uh, Wednesday um, and we're going to be doing a destination focused episode on Las Palomas in the Canary Islands, which is in Spain. Um, so if you have it on your bucket list, we'll give you the rundown on our best tips and recommendations for your trip. And if it's not on your bucket list, we'll tell you all about the super gay friendly city in Gran Canaria and why it should be on your list. So until then, Until then, we will speak with you all next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.